We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome into Beamaz and Beamer on a Monday morning here on WBEN. Thanks for being with me. Uh, Joe will be in for Bowerly today, a little later on this afternoon, so you can listen for him then. You're here with just me, Beamaz or Beamer, returning. <laughs> Here on WBEN, it was neither of us over the past two times. Uh, thanks to both Tim Wenger and Lauren Fix for filling in uh, last week around the holiday uh, where I was out of town enjoying a Bills victory in New Orleans. Had a great time uh, watching the game, doing everything around the city. Uh, it was phenomenal. I, it felt like half of Buffalo was there with me. I was running, running into somebody I know every 30 minutes walking around the streets. I mean, go Bills everywhere, red, white, and blue. It was uh, it was phenomenal. It was great to see, and it was a really fun time in some pretty nice weather that uh, didn't follow me home, sorry to say, for everybody out there. No, I, I, I had a great trip. I saw a man lure an alligator out of his perch on the swamp up to a boat not a foot away from me and kiss him on the lips. It was one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. That's how I kicked off my holiday. It was absolutely incredible. And I saw a ton of Bills fans have a, a great time. Um, I went through, I had a little, was a little nervous going in. I booked a, a double flight on the way home. You know, normally you kind of stick with one airline. They connect you somewhere, transfer your bags for you, do that. I, you know, travel so expensive around the holiday weekend. I've never flown around the holiday weekend, so, you know, it didn't really hit me how expensive things were going to be until I started booking. So I said, all right, you know, we'll switch it up a little bit. We'll fly this airline from, I went from New Orleans to Newark. And then I, we had to switch airlines. So we had to check out, grab our bags, recheck our bags, go back through security at the same airport and get back to the terminal in the short little window that we had and fly a different airline back home to Buffalo. Which was, uh, you know, a little tricky. I was, uh, We made it. It ended up working. Uh, they were doing a great job trying to file everybody through. It was a packed airport, very busy on the way back. 
But all the lines were open. Everything went pretty smoothly. For me, at least, if it didn't for you, I'd like to hear from you. 803-0930. One thing didn't go smoothly. I've never had this problem before. Usually, I'm a very light flyer. I like to go in with as little as possible, especially through security. I wear pants with drawstrings because of the metal detectors. I mean, I, I take the bare minimum out of my pockets. Slip-on shoes. I want to be no-nonsense through security. But because we went through security into an airport, and then we had to go back out and go through security again, I forgot one key thing. The, I mean, the thing you absolutely cannot bring on a plane uh, with you or else who knows what would happen. Water bottle. Right? So I had my water bottle that I filled up after we went through security, forgot that I filled it up. And then went back through security. They flagged me. Have to wait around. I'm already nervous. Trying to rush. Get to the gate on time. Make sure we don't miss our plane home to Buffalo. And uh, flag me for the water bottle. And they gave me two options. They said, all right, you can go back through security. You know, we'll give this to you. Go back through security. And then you can take it. You know, dump your water out over there. Or we'll have to throw it out. And, you know, I'm, th- I'm of two minds. I'm, I'm very stressed out at the time. I was trying to. It's probably a good thing I had to wear a mask over my mouth. So, you know, I might have been muttering a few things under there. I don't want to, you know, stress out anymore, these stressed out TSA agents. But I'm just, the entire time just simmering. You've got to be kidding me. Right. What sense does it make? You're, I said, hang on a second. You're going to throw my water bottle out into that trash can right there. Why, why can't you just empty it and give it back to me? Why can't I just drink it here in front of you? You would give it back to me if I went through security again. <laughs> what, what difference does it make? Wait, you're, you're throwing it out in the same can where you'd be emptying it. I was trying very hard to understand this rule. Eventually, I had to just go, whatever, throw it out. I don't have time to deal with this. My hair was on fire. I really like the water bottle. I just got it brand new. It's keeping my stuff cold all throughout my trip. But no, I had to go through that runaround. And then I was thinking, you know, they have all these signs all over the place. You hear of people, um, you know, more and more. There's freakouts. There's fights on the plane, in the airports. People losing their cool, high tempers. And they even have signs up, new signs are posted through uh, security. Like, hey, you know, this is, don't back talk to any TSA agents, keep your cool, no threats or anything like this. And I'm wondering, you know, we go through all of this and we wonder, you know, oh, how many stories have I seen over the past six months? Why are people so stressed? In the airport, you know, why? what is going on? Why are all these fights happening? I'd say, this is what's going on. That's what, immediately what I thought. I saw my water bottle get thrown, you know, which is, my wife told me, of everything in the world, it's a water bottle. So just cool it, you crazy person. But I said, this is what stress. I, I have to undress myself, <laughs> put a mask on, go through and then, you know, go through this nonsensical uh, water bottle, throw it out here or throw it out there or do whatever with it. And then at the end of the day, you're, you're putting your pants back on, thinking like, what, what's going on here? You're already stressed in a heightened situation, in a rush to get your plane. Like, this is why people are all 
uptight and fired up. At least that's what I think. I didn't think it was that hard to figure out. 803-0930, if you want to join me this morning, uh, give me a call or on the text board, uh, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, 803-0930. Another thing we did while we were out there in New Orleans, um, aside from the partying, the high-fiving, the go-billsing, and uh, everything else, I went to the World War II Museum, which... I wanted to check out. I never did. The first time I was in town, we had an extra day. So the day after the Bills game, we went and we went to the National World War II Museum out in New Orleans. And I have to say, I am kicking myself for not doing a little bit more research of this. Usually, I'm pretty good with that. I should have done more research before going to allow myself some more time at the museum because it was phenomenal. It was huge. I didn't have enough time to even go through all of it. But extensive, I mean, humongous. It was really unbelievable, the experience that you have. And I I love kind of thinking about World War II, thinking about the, uh, the men and women who served in various capacities uh, there. And it, I always have a, a weird feeling. When you look through World War II, and when I went through that museum, you read a book or or something like that. Um, And part of that is because I don't know if the stories are going to be around as much. And, you know, it's so important to have these books and to have this museum. And I was thinking that from, you know, before I even walked inside, how glad I was that the place even existed. It was reinforced, you know, quite a bit when you walk inside. There are 16 million Americans who served in World War II. There's less than a quarter million alive still today in 2021 because everyone who fought is basically in their 90s or older right now. So these stories are, you know, they're slipping away a little bit. And I'm always thinking of these stories. I have this like sinking feeling in my stomach when I think of today and how that attitude that people had during this time is slipping away with those people who passed on. And I I really enjoyed myself walking through. I was there with my wife, with uh, basically everyone we went with uh, going through the museum. It was amazing to look at uh, not just some of the artifacts, but the story, the way the stories were told. Uh, amazing video display. I, I can't give my endorsement enough, and I, I can't wait to go back there sometime, and I really hope it's sometime soon to be able to give myself more time to see absolutely everything. Uh, but I al- always have like a sinking feeling about today, right? Uh, when I think of the people who served in World War II, and, and I did, you know, of course, we go through this museum, and I told my wife, I was, I said, you have to, because she's not as much of a museum person. She said, you know, I like the visual things, but, you know, walking through, just reading a bunch of uh, uh, plaques, it's just not my thing. I said, well, you know what's going to happen as soon as we land. And uh, we landed, and that night, (laughs) Band of Brothers goes on TV, which she's never seen before. I'm more than happy to watch once again one of the greatest things ever made for TV. 
And, uh, you know, so we started watching it over again and get through a couple of these episodes. And I am always struck by the moment at the end of the first part, beginning of the second part. You know, the moments before D-Day, the moments before the invasion of Normandy. And I think it's done so well in this where... You, all you hear is the roar of the plane. I mean, the plane, planes, <laughs> you know, the roar of everything that's in the sky at that moment. And you're kind of panning around everybody sitting there in silence. I mean, it puts a knot in my stomach to think about what must be going through your head at that point. I mean, there's no turning back. You're in this plane, you know what you're getting? I I don't think you really can comprehend what you're about to walk into, even with the years of training and uh, all the preparation. Uh, But you know it's not good, and you start to hear it a distance away. And I thought, done in that series so well, and, you know, that I saw in the museum, and it kind of rekindled this, was that feeling of, I I don't know what their feeling is. It's there's nothing you can really compare it to that people my age have ever been through. I'm a big wuss. You know, I get a little nervous before going on like a a roller coaster that drops you without notice, like, you know, the Haunted Castle (laughs) in uh, Disney. But I, I could never imagine that feeling. You're sitting there. Just uh, wondering, knowing there's no going back, wondering what's next. And and I always thought, and it, watching that the first time and every single time, I happened again last night, every single time I watch those scenes, I, I just, it always gets a pit in my stomach. One, kind of putting myself in their shoes, and the other of just, I, I don't know if that spirit is around today. And I, I was... Thinking that even more, walking through the museum, and there was one part uh, in there. It's a beautiful museum. It takes you through the buildup, you know, how you get to the point of war, how you get to aggression from Nazi Germany, what the response is over in America, what it was like pre-war over in the U.S., what what the talk of the nation was. It was a beautiful display kind of going back and forth. You know, do we go to war or do we not? And, you know, something I kind of think it's glossed over, if it's even mentioned in history classes nowadays, certainly when I was going through school, but you got to see it in its entirety. The 1941 State of the Union Address, FDR gives it, and it's known as the Four Freedoms. And it was a great display inside the museum, and it really resonated with me this time around, where... FDR gets in front of the country and lays out what Americans were fighting for. The freedom of speech, the freedom of worship, the freedom from want, and the freedom from fear. And I'm watching this, I'm actually listening to the speech for maybe the first time. I'm looking at some of the uh, Norman Rockwell paintings that I've seen before. But it's, you know, one thing to be listening to these words 
and viewing them and, and seeing what people were talking about at the time and seeing how this idea of, you know, kind of clearly laying out what your values are as an American people, how that started to rally the nation together. Of course, everything changed uh, about a year later with Pearl Harbor. But looking at the, I mean, this is what really turned everything around. And I was thinking so much about present day when I thought about Roosevelt out, you know, laying out the four freedoms. And thinking about how we're treating those four freedoms today. And if we're getting too far away from that, and, you know, we always talk about we're losing our sense of unity. That maybe if we returned to really valuing these four things, that that might help us out a little bit. It might give a a little bit of a boost to our sense of uh, unity as a nation, to our sense of, you know, having something to fight for, to having some values that are worth keeping up with. You know, freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, freedom from fear. Those should be things that everybody agrees with and that everybody can look at and say, yeah, that's, that's what we want. But I don't know if we're doing that today in 2021. And it's hitting me maybe even more now that I, you know, get back and start looking at the news. You know, it's the funny thing about being out. You tend to not really pay attention Right, if you're on vacation, I don't know about you. The the news doesn't go on when we're on vacation. The TV, I don't think went on once the entire time I was gone. You're really not paying attention. I'm not buried in my phone like I am in the day to day nature of working here or doing whatever else it is you're doing. Right, you check an email for work, and then oh, we'll go on social media. What's this person talking about? We'll see what's on the websites. We'll see what's in the paper every day. You kind of step away from that, and you return to talking to people face-to-face. You return to your life the way that you might have lived back then, right? There was none of these uh, distractions every single day back in the 40s in this time period we're talking about. And, uh, you know, I'm maybe being separated from that and then coming back to Omicron. State of emergency. Uh, What else are we throwing around here? It really made me think back to what I saw in that World War II museum. And I I want to, if you're on hold, uh, please stick with me through the break. But I do want to go through these four things that were laid out so long ago that we've all forgotten about. That, you know, maybe we can bring it back to and see how we've strayed from it a little bit. It's maybe something to keep in mind when we're going forward and dealing with the things we're dealing with in 2021. I hope you'll bear with me in doing that. Bet you didn't think you'd be talking about World War II in 2021, but that's the kind of state of mind I'm in. And we'll bring it back to present day when we come back. You're listening to BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. It's Beamaz and Beamer, 
Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Thanks for being with me, BMS and Beamer here on WBEN. Joe, you'll hear from later on this afternoon. He is in for Tom Bowerly. And uh, you're stuck with me for the next half hour here. But we're talking about, uh, you know, I was down in New Orleans earlier. Um, I, you know, I lose track of it. I was about to say earlier this week. This is early in the week. It was last week. <laughs> I, I'm trying to keep my days straight after what was a very long weekend for myself. But uh, while there, I went to the World War II Museum. And, I mean, I was blown away by how in-depth it was, um, it, just the sheer size of it, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. And you know, some of the things I, I always get this feeling when, whether it's reading a book, you know, watching something like Band of Brothers, or going through this museum, I always kind of get this sinking feeling of, you know, wow, this is so different. The mindset of people is so different than it is today. I mean, to get people to actively, you know, by the millions, want to, you know, head overseas, knowing uh, that they were going to absolutely face combat in the sheer numbers they did in a very short amount of time. I, I mean, that was, uh, it's wild to think about that, if you were to place something like that in this time. And, and the shared values that were spelled out for people that I wonder if we still have in 2021 today. And I started talking about the four freedoms, right? FDR laying this out, the State of the Union address, uh, about a year before uh, we enter the war. He laid out the freedom of worship, freedom of speech, Freedom from wants and freedom from fear. I think about how does that, you know, apply today? What, have we forgotten the four freedoms that I, I think you, you say that to anyone and no one's going to shake their head and say, no, no, I disagree with that. That's old-fashioned thinking. No, those are still things that we would all want today. But are, are we going away from that? I, I think the one freedom of worship you know, it's still something we hold true here in the U.S. It's still something you, you want to see all across the world. I w there is one strange thing on this, though. I've noticed over the past day or two, it is Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah to everybody out there. I, it's been couch. I think this is a new phenomenon. When somebody says something like Happy Hanukkah or Merry Christmas, or it's always being couched with to those who celebrate. Like, I, I, I think that's like a fear of offending somebody. Guess what? If you, you don't need to add that little, you know, oh, happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. If you come up to me and you say happy Hanukkah, I'll say right back, happy Hanukkah to you too. I hope you also have a great week. Like, I, you, you don't need to, oh, wait, you don't sell. No, that, that, no, there's none of that. No offense to it. It's a well wish. Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you too. It's like, oh, happy new year. Oh, he does the Mayan calendar. It's not his new year. I don't think. But no, the freedom of worship, that's something that we, we still hold very dear. Uh, the freedom of speech. 
I, the way we think about this, I think, is changing. This Internet age, social media is so rapidly changing how we are looking at freedom of speech as a country. You know, I was thinking of the Norman Rockwell painting. I think everybody's seen it before. I was really struck by it while, you know, uh, watching this. It's the man, he's standing up. Uh, it looks like a church or a town hall meeting. And, you know, I'm seeing this again. It's a big, huge poster while hearing the actual speech and hearing the words. I was thinking, it is changing. You know, it was very striking. This is from The Guardian over the weekend. U.S. libraries are reporting a spike in organized attempts to ban books in schools. And before you point a finger, it's happening from the left and the right. Everyone is finding something that doesn't quite fit with what they want. You know, when we say the freedom of speech, that was the freedom of speech, period. It wasn't the freedom of speech on Facebook, but not on Twitter. It wasn't the freedom of speech, but not the ability to amplify it. It wasn't freedom of speech, but only if you're a recognized expert in a particular topic. No, it was freedom of speech, period. I wonder how we've drifted away from that in the decades since this address. I think the Internet has really sped that up. And there are many issues. right? I mean, how many studies have been done that have been uh, talked about recently where, I mean, the chances are if you are following a group on Facebook, you know, you're listening to some random person on Twitter – and what are the chances those are an actual person or <laughs> somebody else somewhere trying to control your thought? I mean, there are real issues, but how, have we maintained freedom of speech? And freedom of speech in science is even following this trend, right? What should be about always seeking for an answer, you know, more and more as we have the answer, anything that says otherwise is dangerous. So I was thinking about that a little bit. The freedom from want. All right, that's something we're still dealing with. That was, you know, under the ideal. It was everybody would be able to live a plentiful life. And we're not there yet. But consider this. When we're talking about the freedom from want is one of these core ideas that we have. You know, the L.A. Times did last month a thorough analysis of the pandemic's effects on schools in their area, they found there's been a particularly alarming impact on students in L.A. with deep drops in assessment scores or below grade level standing in key areas of learning. Black, Latino, other vulnerable children have been particularly hit hard. A new Brown University study says social distancing measures, including face masks, suspected of causing young children's development to have dropped by up to 23% over the last two years. And still with this, the L.A. Unified School District is set to bar as many as 44,000 students from school grounds who failed to meet the district's deadline for getting a first vaccination shot on November 21st. So if we are really concerned, the freedom from want, and we're continuing to bar people 
who are in that situation, people who are described as vulnerable children, from their opportunity to escape a freedom from want. I don't know if we can really say we're following one of these core values. The thing that really got to me, um, and, and why I'm even breaching this topic at all, is when I saw the freedom from fear. And that was the one that really kind of kicked the light bulb in my head, and, and I was stunned at how different. And from that moment on, as I was walking through that museum, I, I was almost looking at everything through the glass of the freedom from fear. It's almost exactly the opposite of what we hear our leaders saying today. I am struggling to think of anything that we've heard over the past year and a half that hasn't been, you know, a warning, right? Listen, what's the headline today? Omicron. It sounds like a new transformer. It's going to, you know, bust up a tower or something. It's all a state of emergency. We're at state of emergency over a variant we know very little about. Fear, has it's been used. Fear has been what's been the kindling to this fire to try and move the public. Whereas back then, it's it was not being afraid that moved us. Now it's the opposite around. We've gone from the freedom from fear as being something that we're striving for to fear being around every corner. It was alarming the first time that I uh, turned on something, the first time I checked up after being out of town, to see all of these headlines. Watch out. Brand new variant. Something we all have to watch out for. Omicron, right? State of emergency. I mean, these are all things that convey fear to some. You know, some people might say, oh, it conveys urgency. I don't think it really does. Uh, this was written by uh, Stephen Benet, who wrote this. This accompanied one of those Norman Rockwell paintings in the Saturday Evening Post when they did Freedom from Fear. Uh, actually, this was published on the same day of his death. He said, We don't mean freedom from responsibility, freedom from struggle and toil, from hardship and danger. We don't intend to breed a race wrapped in cotton wool, too delicate to stand rough weather. In any world of man that we can imagine, fear and the conquest of fear must play a part. So it's not freedom from fear that anything that would cause us to be afraid is totally vanquished. No, it's to move us past being afraid. And it was so striking to see that and then walk through everything that these people dealt with back in the 40s, going overseas, even back home, you know, scared about rationing your food. You know, are you going to have enough in the refrigerator? Is there going to be a refrigerator because the refrigerator company is making guns? I mean, but it wasn't met with fear. It was met with a sense of resiliency, a sense of something that we have to push through 
and, and move on. And, and that freedom from fear, that is what I, that struck with me so much, that how the message has changed from people who, by the way, people who will tell you, oh, FDR is my favorite president. You know, he, he is the greatest president we've ever had. And those same people, fear, 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 warning, warning, state of emergency, watch out. Stay home. Don't go anywhere. You have to be scared in the school setting. Be scared about your family meal. Scared to go out here, to go out there. I mean, it's the exact opposite of what the hope was back then. And, and it was really kind of striking. I, how do I know it's just you'll have a lot of people that say people are afraid. Well, why are people afraid? You know, when I was in that vacation setting where a lot of people aren't tuning into the news, watching TV, glued to their phones, it was great, actually, being in New Orleans. It was maybe the amount of time in the last six months to a year, the longest amount of time I've had to put the phone away, to really not use it at all. And I think from, you know, kind of noticing everything that was going on around me, a lot of people were really feeling that same vibe. And was there a fear? I I didn't see it. There was a happiness. There was a joy in being around other people. There was a, a joy in celebrating Thanksgiving. There was a joy in cheering on your football team. There was a joy in listening to some great music. Great bands in New Orleans, by the way. All of them knew, which is funny, by Friday night, you play Shout on the hour every hour, and you're in for great tips with all the people who were in town. They figured it out. I, I found out by Friday night. Uh, but there wasn't that fear. I, the fear is coming from uh, people telling you to be afraid. And I'm not saying to bury your head in the sand when it comes to any of these topics, whether it's COVID, the new variant of it. I, You shouldn't ignore it, but there is a different way to convey this message, to convey concern even, than just fear, which is, I mean, what we've been getting nonstop for a long time now. It's for just about two straight years. What could that message look like without, you know, burying your head in the sand, without not paying attention at all? It could look like something that I think we've had an honest discussion earlier this morning. I'm be as honest as it can be at this point to say that, look, I, if we're going to talk about this, we really don't know a lot. We have been saying for the past two years, though, to expect a virus to mutate. I've heard that from just about every doctor we've talked about, that there will be many variants of the virus. Some will be more prevalent than others. This will happen on and on and on again. It will likely continue to happen more as we go on, right? Because COVID's going to be with us in an endemic state, according to most people that we talked to, according to Dr. Fauci. So there will continue to be these new variants, something to keep an eye on. Of course, we want to be ready if anything bad happens, if one takes a turn for the worse. Generally speaking, what we're hoping is that, you know, these will become perhaps more transmissible, but less serious in nature. 
We've heard anecdotally that uh, no t- loss of taste or smell from this. It's mild symptoms, a headache. And the hospitalization rate hasn't gone up drastically. We don't know answers for sure, but this is what we know right now. We want to keep everybody informed. Okay. I mean, that's a way to convey information instead of, man, when I walked into that airport on Saturday, you look at these (laughs) television screens for the first time. Omicron. I mean, I really did think, right, I thought the Transformers were invading Earth, just like the Michael Bay movie. I thought he was here, right? Omicron. Uh Uh-oh. I thought it was a new Boston Dynamics robot. They they finally made they finally put a weapon in its hands. Uh oh, now we're in for something. But I, I I don't know if we need to go and hit fear over and over and over again. And it strikes me at how opposite we were to that message. That was by the way, this was the message when we talk about the four freedoms address. Back now, this would be 80 years ago, over almost 81 years ago, but 80 years ago, this address happened. The idea was to bring people together. And I still think you can use these four, you know, pillars, your freedom of speech, your freedom of expression, your freedom of worship. Those are built in to the First Amendment. And then the two additional ones, the freedom from what? We should all be striving for that. The freedom from fear. These are all things that can unify a country. It did so so much that it took a nation divided, as I learned walking through this museum. It could take a nation divided and bring it together behind an effort to protect democracy across the world, which is what happened in World War II. And it took the greatest effort in the history of the world. Combined from uh, here stateside to abroad and everywhere in between. And that was the message to pull people together. So you can't be surprised too much, right? That if we're giving the opposite message, saying to be fearful, and that there is stuff to afraid out there, to be afraid of out there, and state of emergency... Warning, breaking, by the way, on the little uh, TV is replaced warning, breaking, Omicron, that you shouldn't expect that to, or shouldn't be surprised to see that divide us more than it brings anyone together. Because we learned a lesson. Or maybe everyone should go through that museum or pick up the book. Go on the website, you know, if you can't take a flight. Go, learn the lesson of that speech, of that combined effort, of uniting a country together. Not because of fear, but because of shared values. And how can you apply that today? That's what I was thinking walking through that uh, just a couple of days ago. And like I said, I wish I had way more time. There was so much more to see. And then, you know, that was the other thing. And people saying, uh, oh, man, what a you got to be kidding me, Brian. Love to complain. You're complaining about a water uh, bottle. You were down to see the bills in New Orleans, which my wife reminded me of. It's just a small water. I do let little things get to me, but I took a step back, reminded, you know, okay, <laughs> things could be a lot worse. 
We just walked through that experience for hours uh, the other day. I can uh, calm down just a little bit. You don't have to be uptight. You can know you're in a a pretty good uh, space. But that freedom from fear, I think it's all something that we should remember or maybe go back and refresh our memory of just a little bit. You know, it was said, and I think I I probably said it before, and it, it made sense in, you know, for a couple of weeks at least. It's a rallying cry to be there together. It was, you know, think of what our forefathers did, having to fly across an ocean, go to a foreign land in war, in terrible conditions, and all you're being asked to do is stay at home. And, you know, that was a nice thought for a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wonder if we were looking at that wrong, you know, now that we're, we're going forward. If they were willing to go in and risk their lives... And that tremendous undertaking and have that feeling in the airplane, right? The end of the first part of Band of Brothers. You're flying to Normandy. There's no turning back. If they were willing to go through that to protect those four freedoms, to protect our way of life, you know, maybe we should be willing to do something out of our comfort zone, too. And none of these are complete answers. Half of them are complete thoughts, but it was just what was going through my head over the last uh, 24, 48 hours or so. Thanks for being with me. I'm going to be back here tomorrow. Joe is in for Bowerly over the next couple of days, and then, you know, maybe we'll get back in the swing of things before I'm uh, taking off again for a, <laughs> for a few more days. By the way, today is, uh, we're getting ready for this uh, week from today. It is uh, Bills and Patriots, going to be the biggest game of the Bills season. Today is the anniversary, back in 1998. Uh, If there's ever a Bills game that sticks with me, Bills and Patriots, just give it to them. The angry letter from Ralph Wilson, the thing that brought on instant replay in sports, the Bills getting robbed against the Patriots end up losing out in that division battle, having to go on the road then in the playoffs. Yeah, that still sticks with me. That still sticks with me. That was uh, 1998, this day. And now we're getting ready a week from today to take on the Patriots in another big game. Hey, again, thanks for being with me. Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 